0: All Ba'im, right, welcome to another edition of our Thursday night class. And we are in Parashat Kittisa. I must admit, uh, if you asked me last week, I was very excited uh, to get to Kittisa because we're out of the Mishkan for a bit. I don't know, of course, Vaya Kirpikwede is going to bring us right back, but uh, I felt uh, you know, at least one week we can get some narrative, we get a, a story, not a, not a pleasant story, the Egel, nobody looks forward to that, but at least it makes good drama. However, I must admit that in preparing the Shi'ur, somehow, I got thrown back into the Mishkan, so now I take responsibility. The last two weeks, she couldn't blame me because that's the whole better shot. This week, I... Willingly chose <clears throat> to talk about the Mishkan, even though I had a diversion. Now that means that I found a phenomenal hiddush that I must, uh, you know, say over to our members tonight. So I'll tell you where it begins. So we have in the Pirashah, but I'm going to read chapter 31. By the better of the Moshe, karati b'shem ben Uri ben so, God introduces to us in the Parashah a fellow by the name of Betzalel. He's the son of Udi, he's the grandson of Udi, he's from the tribe of Yehuda. What do we know about him? Very, very talented, very capable. First of all, he possesses the spirit of God, he has Chokhmah, he has Bina, he has Da'at. So, he has all the facets of wisdom, and he's able to uh, accomplish all different types of. Uh, craft craft work, craftsmanship, making intricate calculations with gold, silver, and copper, uh, stones, settings, wood. I mean, he's an artisan, he's professional, and he's going to be the official architect of the uh, mishkan. And what caught my attention uh, was, is the way he's introduced, Now that word you don't usually find when the Torah is uh, giving a directive or an instructive. The pasuk is said by the Bereshit Moshe demor karati b'shem b'tzarev ben Uri. What's the E? So I found the Ramban just explain to me the E. How is that word used? So he says pele bahem adam chakam gadol He says, it has to be very, very surprising that you would find anybody in Klal style at this point in the history that knew how to build the Mishkan. After all, the Jews worked in Egypt and in Egypt they were working uh, mud pits, coursework, uh, the hands of the... Jewish slave is not sensitive and uh, fine to make very, very intricate design and gold work. It's two different uh, two, two different types of trades. So B'nai Yisrael, they didn't have uh, any trade schools in the Midbab. So you wouldn't think that anybody would be capable of building this Mishkan. Who's got the know-how? Who's got the talent? So Rabban says, especially to know all of the uh, trades of the Mishkan that it, that it needs. So he says, And even if you know it, but once your hands become uh, coarse and they become uh, uh, dull in the mud pits and in the cement, it definitely compromises the hand, just like a surgeon has to have special hands that is able to do, you know, uh, uh, very, very uh, close cut surgery without missing the mark. So to this. So it's really wasn't expected that anybody would have been able to put this Mishkan together. So Rabban says the word that means anytime he wants to introduce an element of surprise. Moshe, could you believe it? We found somebody. We found someone that's able to do it. it says, Look at this pele. who is filled with all the, all the wisdom. And Moshe Rebidu was surprised. Now, forget about his age. I think they say he was 12 years old, which probably is a. a, a what was he? 13. Okay, now it's uh, 13 years old. Oh, that makes more sense. The point is, the point is, he wasn't, uh, you know what I mean? So therefore, even the Bar Mitzvah boy is able to put this together, but that's not what the Raman is saying. He's saying the fact that you were able to find somebody with the know-how, that's the word there. Okay, good. Now I get to my question. My question was, hold it. We're learning already about the Mishkan for two parashiyot, Teruma and Tetzaveh. Until now, again, my reading of it, I thought that Moshe is the architect. I don't know, every single piece of furniture, ve'asita, 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 tase. And all of a sudden, last minute, we're done with the mishkan in kitisa, after the Torah gives us some of the ingredients with the oil and the ketoret, all of a sudden, where karati, b'shem b'salel. Where is b'salel coming all of a sudden? I mean, if he was the original architect, I have to assume that it should have been said into Terumah. God should tell him right away, listen, Moshe, get Bitzel El and I'll give, you, I'll give you the instructions. But he's doing it. To me, I wondered why is El's name mentioned at the end of the process? To my good fortune, by looking for the question that I asked, I found one of the most incredible essays that is devoted to this topic of el It's called Ohel Yoshua. Is the essay? It's written by a rabbi in the 1800s called the Yoshua Heller. He's a student of Risail Salanta, and uh, you know from the great uh, the great tzaddikim. He wrote books also on Pekahavot and other books. And he dedicates 20 pages, and he unravels some of the greatest secrets you ever heard on this topic. Let me just read you what he says regarding this. Bechol parashat the Let me give you an introduction. There's two parts of the mishkan. tzaveh is where the commandments were given. Do this, do this, do this. And by pikudeh is when they actually did it. So you have the parashiot of the sivuyim, and you have the parashiot of the asiyah. That's by yakel Same mishkan. It's just different phases of it. So he says, when you look at the parashat, the meaning to do math, it sounds like Moshe is the architect, except the Aaron that says, he says, put that on the side because that was a group F. After all the commandments and all the instructions, he God tells him all of a sudden, that all Moshe's uh, know-how and his knowledge that he got, Good. Now that you got everything, go tell What did he tell him earlier? The What did the Ramban tell us about the word re'eh? Re'e means it's a surprise. It's a shock. So Rav says that it seems to me that when Moshe heard that actually B'tzal'el was going to be the architect, it was a surprise to Moshe as well. And that's why God said re'eh. Moshe, you're not, gonna, you're not ready for this one. But even though we told you till now, you're the guy. But uh, listen, for whatever reason, it's not going to be you. It's going to be B'Tzaleel. So
1: now he comes along and says, what happened? Now, that's his main question. But then he goes on to say
0: that he did a forensic study on the Mishkan of Terumah and Tetzaveh, and the Mishkan of Bayaqel And his findings are incredible that there are many differences between the way the Torah describes the Mishkan to Moshe and the way it was built. I'll just give you a few examples. I wish we had the time to give you all of them because he reconciles all of them, but I'll just give you a few. One of them is in, in uh in Moshe's commandment to build the Mishkan, we learned it. Make the Aron first, then make the Shulchan, then make the Menorah, finish all the furniture, and then build the Mishkan, build the house. In Betzalel's version, which you don't even got to go to Vayekkel Pekudeh, you go to this week's Berashah, if you look at Pasuk uh, Zayin, 31-7, Et Build the structure first. That's all Moed, and then et ta'aron, et, et, et So there's a change. Here, he says Moshe Rabbeinu was told to build it one way, but when B'shalil actually builds it, he's told to build it in a different order. Mayim. Furthermore, if you look at the poles or the beams that they used as the walls of the Mishkan, they were called kirashim so he says, go to chapter 26, Pasuk 18, and the Pasuk will tell you that on one of the sides of the Mishkan, how many Kirashim were there? Esrim Karish. Karish is singular. Now, grammatically, you could do that. But if you look at when B'tzalil built it, it says Esrim Kirashim. I know what some of you are thinking. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Nobody's going to lose sleep. Kedesh, Kedashim. Now, the only reason why it doesn't bother you is because you don't know how to answer it. So anybody that doesn't know to answer it says, ah, that question is, uh, you know, that's not for us. But since Rabbi Heller knows the answer, and he knows that this Torah was written by God, and therefore, why does God Almighty in one perashah, right, and another time, and he says, if the Torah is changing that language, as subtle as it may be, there's something going on over here. Another example of the subtle changes in, in, in the, in the, in the Tzibui, the pasuk says that you have to build an Aron, and you have to make a kaporet, the covering of the Aron. And what was on top of the kaporet? The kirubi. Wonderful. Made out of gold, gold figurines, we know that. And how does the Torah say it? So if you look, I'll give you the, uh, the Pesukim. If you look at Perech Hafei Pesuk Yedchet, Shnaim Kirubim. Beautiful. What Kirubim? Two Kirubim. However, if you look when El built it, the Pesuk says Shnei Kirubim. Zayin Zayin. One time it says
1: shenayim kirubim, and one time it says shene. Now again, it's still the number two.
0: So it's not like one time it said shenayim and one time it said uh, arba'im. are oh, now you're talking Turkey. That's a question, but shenayim But again,
1: why would it change? So in order to answer this question. The Rav comes along and he says something amazing. He says, we see in Hazal
0: many times B'nai Yisrael's relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu is compared to a Hatan beKalah. God being the Hatan, B'nai Yisrael being the Kalah, and they look at the relationship as Nisuin. Nisuin is a marriage. Other times, however, we see in Hazal, that they look at the relationship between us and God as not as intimate as marriage, but it's referred to as Irusin. Uh, Irusin would be uh, engaged, obviously not as close as Nisuin. So he comes along and he says, "Hine, Hazal metarim our connection to God,
1: that's the relationship. So he comes along and he says, I quote, Before Heta Egel, Bene Israel reached the level of Adam Arishon Kodemachet. this was b- before Adam sinned like he was in Gan Eden but there it was only one man Here, Klai
0: Israel, 3 million people reached a level of perfection it was the
1: highest madrigat that the nation ever reached since Adam Arishon Kodemachet this was a moment of Nesu'in you couldn't get closer And at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, build the Mishkan. Now
0: here's the key, where did Moshe Rabbeinu get the commandment to build the Mishkan? Where was he? He was in heaven. The Mishkan is a mitzvan Torah. And therefore Moshe got it when he was up there 40 days and 40 nights. When he was receiving the Torah, part of the Torah is parashat tiruma and Tetzaveh. So, when he's learning, God says, "Take your pen, and you're going to have to do this: Write it All the instructions, all the
1: dimensions. He got it when he was learning Torah on Har Sinai. That's what these parashot were learned. And all of a sudden. On day 40, Moshe was still learning with God. The
0: people thought that day 40 arrived, they counted wrong, and they panicked. And what did they do? They started to make what's called eglazada They didn't worship it. They started to collect the gold and the silver, the gold. The ladies didn't want to give up their earrings. Nothing changes. So the men came along and they gave up all their gold. And Aaron tried to stall them. He said, listen, uh, let's make a korban." Bottom line, on day 40, when they were creating and crafting this Hegel, Borei Olam already looked down. Moshe had no idea. Moshe who already is learning to do man tetzaveh. He says he's gonna build the Mishkan. And all of a sudden, When Borei Olam looked down and saw where the people are headed, there was a change. Borei Olam made a last-minute change and said, if this is going to happen,
1: Moshe can't build the Mishkan anymore. And now, all of a sudden, Borei Olam in heaven, before he came
0: down, on day 40, says, Moshe, I know I taught you to do Matitsabeh, but uh, I have a surprise for you. Re'eh. what's the surprise? Karati B'Shem b'tzale'el. You're not gonna build the Mishkan, it's gonna be el. Once Egel was committed, there was a game changer who's building the Mishkan. Now, if you're gonna say to yourself, what's the difference? What's the difference if Moshe builds the Mishkan or el builds the Mishkan? The main thing is you get somebody capable, and they build it," says the Rav. Ki yisrael If the Jewish people wouldn't have sinned in Heta aegel, haya We would have stayed on the level of nisuin marriage, nisua a high level. Death would not have reached them. The Satan would have been out of business. Now watch this. They would have went straight into Israel. The 10 tests that they went through in the Midbar would not have happened. They would have been in Israel. Moshe Rabenu Moshe Rabenu wouldn't have the issue with the rock hitting the rock. That Hashem without the egel, the world would have reached tikuna olam, and that's if what if Moshe Rabenu would have built the mishkan, and that's what Moshe Rabenu was banking on. He'll build the mishkan. Once Moshe builds the Mishkan, it's called game over.
1: You go to Israel,
0: Mashiach comes, and the Tikkun is made, and everybody lives happily ever after. That was plan one. And when Moshe Rabbeinu was being taught Terumat Yitzhabi, he knew it. And he said, oh, look at this. I'm gonna build the Mishkan, and he knew the ramifications. On day forty, something changed, and Moshe had no clue that it changed. And all of a sudden, says the Rav. they did the Egev. and now probably the worst news that Moshe Rabbeinu probably ever heard is an entire life. When to us, we read the pasuk, it sounds like an innocuous pasuk, the Ekarati what well, says Rabbi Ella? Moshe. Now we tell Moshe, put on your seatbelt. We got a surprise for you, and it's not a pleasant surprise either. You're not building the Mishkan. Karati B'Shem B'Tsel And if B'Tsel builds the Mishkan, it's not the same Mishkan anymore. And if it's not the same Mishkan, and Moshe Rebbe has to be saying, What happened? What happened? Moshe Ribbon, who's the Shaman? CNN, they didn't have. So he doesn't know what's going on down earth. But if, if God already took the Mishkan away from Moshe, something of the greatest tragedy must have happened. God says, you'll see tomorrow. They didn't do it yet, but I know what's gonna happen because I see where the where head is. Tomorrow morning, you'll go down. You'll figure it out yourself. Moshe who comes down, <clears throat> says the Midrash, when he broke the Luchot, the Mashal is, of a couple that's about to get married. And at the last minute, they're under the chuppah and the hatan takes the ketubah, and he says, I'm not doing this so he makes it into confetti. And Moshe Rabbeiru, by breaking the Luhot, he broke not the connection between B'nai Yisrael and God, he broke the nisu'in, now that close level does not exist, now we're back to being irusin, it's distant, it's far, comes along and he says, this is a tragic pasuk. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're learning the pasuk now. Was the surprising, shocking, un- 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 unfortunate news that Moshe been had to hear while he was still in heaven. Comes out, according to this, <clears throat> there's two mishkans. There's a mishkan of that was supposed to be but never was. And that was supposed to be built by Moshe. And now you understand why B'tsala'il is not mentioned to the end. Because B'tsala'il was an afterthought. The only reason why B'tsala'il enters the picture is because of Heta And therefore, until this point, there's no reason for B'tsala'il. Moshe Rabbein was going to build it is going to construct it, and it's going to bring the world to the ultimate tikkun. Uh, and all of a sudden, once they start collecting the gold for the Egel at that point, God tells Moshe, change of plans. But what about Terumat Tetzaveh? No, we'll keep those parashot in the Torah. <clears throat> now, that'll be for Mashiach. But those parashot now are not halakha of anymore. Halakha of is going to begin with B'Tzale'el. And you can't imagine that Moshe Rabbeinu had to be crying when he heard that because Moshe Rabbeinu knew the ramifications of him being taken away from the construction. So therefore, there's again the potential mishkan of Moshe that never happened. And then there's the reality mishkan of B'tzal'el that did happen. And once you accept that as the, as the principle, so now you can start understanding the... Uh, The differences, he says. And he goes on to explain like this.
1: Let's say it like this. He makes a list. I have the
0: list here. He counted how many components are there to the Mishkan. Count every piece all the screws, the bolts, the roof, the, the, the floor, I count everything in the Mishkan. How many pieces are there in the Mishkan, he says. I mean, you can't deny it. He tells you there's 48 Kirashim, there's 100 Adne kese, 10 Yiri, 100 Lula Ot. my makes a list, like a grocery list. Subtotal of all uh, components of the Mishkan, 613. That we would say 613 mitzvot, for sure. But he says that it also corresponds to 613 limbs and ligaments in a person's body. Which means the mishkan itself is what the human being is. This is a human being in a structure. Therefore, it directly impacts. That's why the person says, Build a structure the same components of a human being, but the shichina will not only rest in it; it'll rest in the people you're creating, like a something that resonates to the people. It's the same frequency, the mishkan, to the people. It goes on to say, like this: Initially, I have to read. I have to read more. I have to read more to you. Galuy he was commanded on the Mishkan. He the Mishkan. He was commanded on the Mishkan. on the the and the and the wedding was off. Ubatella it was the 40th day. He's still up there learning. And the next day, he stopped talking to Moshe after the 40th day. It was only 40 days and 40 nights right before he gave him the hot something that Moshe didn't see. So God told him before he went down. Even though till now I told you you wrote it. That was only on condition that they don't sin. Surprise! Happy birthday! Ten al Pay attention to this news.
1: Oh. Now, once this changed the whole world, this changed the whole world. The
0: appointment of el is bad news. You always thought, what, oh, 13 year old, unbelievable, he was able to do it. The worst news, when you hear, the you have to make it. That means Moshe is not doing it. Moshe is not doing it. That's why we're still in Galut, by the way, because it is pasuk. 2,000 years later. What do you mean 2,000 years later? 3,000 years later. We're still here. And the Tikkun could have been done. When you read that pasuk, it's a tragedy of the highest order. (coughs) Once it's a new Mishkan, it's the Mishkan of Betzalel, hence the changes. Nice point. Six hundred and thirteen parts of the Mishkan. Can I give the six hundred and thirteen parts of the body? He says, "You remember Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gemara. The Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu goes to uh, ah, beautiful. He goes to Betzalel and he tells B'tzali, I said you got to build the Mishkan. He says, and I want you to build the Mishkan like this. I want you to build the Aron, the Shulchan." The minura and then the structure. So Bitz el says, wait. If I'm going to build it that way, all these furnishes, all these pieces of furniture that I'm going to build, where am I putting it? Isn't it more logical to build the structure first and then build the furniture? So Moshe Rabenu says, I guess you're right. What in the world is going on over here? Seemingly, Moshe Rabenu. He was right. Didn't God tell him initially build the aron and then the shuhan? So he was only telling Bit what God told him. So Bit says, Yeah, but I've a technical problem. Where we could store where the stuff that I make, where we can have store it. That's not a question. Where we can put, put it in storage. on put, 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 put it? Put, go, go rent the warehouse somewhere. Put it put, by the way, by the way. Anyway, they had to store it somewhere. Because they built the Mishkan, they finished it on the 25th of Kislev. They didn't actually open it till Nisan. So whatever storage house you use for that month, use it for now. They didn't build the Mishkan. They didn't, it wasn't functional on the 25th of Kislev. So they had to store the stuff somewhere, correct? So whatever warehouse you use from the 25th of Kislev to the Chodesh Nisan, that's a, that's a you, know, you know what it is? That's a nice way of B'tzal saying to Moshe. I I think you're wrong. It's a dedicated way of saying, I mean, where are we going to put this stuff? To give Moshe Rabbeinu a minute to say, but the question is, what was Moshe thinking and what was B'Tsalil's answer and why did Moshe Rabbeinu say you're right? An unbelievable explanation. Says the Rav. You ever hear when they say, they tell you know what, even though you don't really mean it, but fake it, fake it, fake it till you, till you make it. You don't really want to go to shul, inside of you, you don't want to go to shul. But they tell you, you know what, go run to shul, even though inside of you you have no desire. But they say it works outside in when you have outside behavior, eventually it'll bring the inside behavior. But then you have other people. They don't need to motivate. The inside is percolating. The inside is on fire, says the Rav. Their inside was pure. They didn't need any external motivations to do the medzvot. It was natural to them. It was considered reflexive. It was natural for them to do the medzvot. Their inside was pure. And if the mishkan, he says, corresponds the human body, so therefore, before Chet egel, make the inside first. Make the furniture, because that's the inside of the body. The inside is pure. That comes first. The second part of the mishkan is the superficial part. Well, Shinabinu knew that the furniture must come first before Chet But what happened? He went up for 80 days and prayed to God. And on the 80th day was Yom Kippur. What did God tell him? Salahti. So Moshe Rabbeinu thought, Salahti means we're back to square one. We're back to Adam and he should the And therefore, if we're back, and Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to believe that. You know why? Because he wants Klai Yisrael to be in Nisroen with Hashem. So therefore he goes to B'Tzalei. Listen, I got a Salachti. God didn't tell us to scrap the Mishkan. He told us, the blitz, with the Salahti, so I'm telling you, let's go for it. Let's build furniture first. us back to their highest level. Betzalel says, "I got one question, Rabbi Moshe." That's the answer. If everything is back to normal, why am I the guy making the kelim? Kelim sheani Forget about the second part. Where am I putting them? That's uh, That's just uh, to be nice. Moshe, if it's back to normal, you should be building it. And from the fact that God didn't give you back the job, and I'm still the architect, I'm sorry to tell you, Agha Moshe, it changed. The Salachti brought us back to Irusin, but did not bring us back to Nesu'in. That's the back and forth between Mitzal'el and Moshe. Now we go further. He says, oh, if that's the case. If you look at when they attached the, um, the panels of the Yiri'ot to make the roof, the pasuk says, Isha' it's, it's a It's a way of talking. They call the panels like sisters. And therefore, they attach the sisters together. It's the way you talk. But if you look when Bitzanael built it, the pasuk says, one to the other. What happened? You went from two sisters, and when it actually was built, says the rab, yeah, of course. Because sisters represents what? A closeness. When Klai Yisrael was before Hata'egel, Yisrael was close to Kadosh Baruch Hu, and that's hinted to when the Mishkan was built, it's going to be Isha Lach, like two sisters have a, a natural closeness. That's Klai Yisrael to God. After Heta Egel, it's two, uh, two friends that are connected to it. It's not the same. Those nuances represent a shift in the relationship. Ah, you tell me. Keresh, Kereshi, b'aysep. Before what does it say, when they got the matan Torah? Yisrael is singular. How do you use a singular term for three million people? And as she says, they were not singular in quantity. There was three million people. But they were one in mindset. They were all on the same madrega. They were all on the same wavelength, like that, they would say. In their, in their thinking, it was all one. There was no chas shalom, any abirat, any tub'ah, any, any uh, 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 compromise to their thinking. It was a cohesive unit in that they were all dedicated to the service of Hashem. That's why it says when they built the Mishkan that they should have built the ties of Moshe. Kadesh. That represents Klai Israel. Because the whole Mishkan is representing the people. Yeah, it's 20 Kirashim, but it's not a Kirashim, it's one. After Hayta now you have Piru. These guys are These guys have different thoughts. Already Klai Israel was divided. <laughs> Mishkan changed. Did not represent the same... High level. Now it's Eslim Kirashim. I understand what's going on over
1: here? Rabbi
0: please do not underestimate the big Hiddush that was revealed tonight. Most people do not recognize this. If I were to come and tell you who was the architect of the Mishkan before this place, we'll say B'tal-El. Now you'll say which Mishkan you're talking about. The first one, the second one. Now you go outside and tell somebody, the rabbi man said there's two mishkans, they say, what was in the guy's coffee? What was the guy drinking? Who made him the coffee today? What was he crazy? It's one mishkan. What do you mean? is one mishkan by a is another mishkan? Absolutely. <laughs> Only thing is, was never built. And that's the tragedy. It could have been built, and if it would have been built, so what happened? Get the egg right in between. That story of the egg in between, tzaveh there? It ruined everything and enter now. Oh, that's a surprise. she had to see it for himself when he came and he said, What's God talking about? Was oh, now I know what he's talking about. When he saw them frolicking in front of the agam, he said, There's no wedding. <laughs> wedding is canceled. Then the caterer went to go home and he ripped up the ketubah. Thank God it wasn't a divorce, but it was an scene. We were distanced, we were we pushed away. Now that Al says unbelievable. Now we get to the Kirubim. We get to the Kirubim. Now, in order to understand the sword of the Kirubim, we need to go to the Gemara Nyoma. It's a famous Gemara. You've heard of it before. The Gemara has a contradiction in the position of the Kirubim. The Mura says that sometimes the Kirubim faced each other, Kirubim, the cherubs, and sometimes the Kirubim faced the Bayad. They faced away from each other. So the Gibrarah says, I said, make up your mind. What, what what is the what is the real position? So the Gibbara says, huh? We know the answer which is the Kirubim, actually were barometers to discern if Klai Yisrael was fulfilling their responsibilities to God. So when the Jewish people were obedient and they were religious and doing what they're supposed to do, Kirubim were facing each other. That represented that we're good. In Osim Nesoro al they turn away from each other. That's the Gemara. There's a famous Ritbah on this Gemara, and he asked the following question. Pritzvah says, wait, right? can't be. You remember the day that Titos entered the Beit HaMiknash, the destruction of the first temple? And he got into the Kodesh, uh, Kodashim. I'm sorry, second temple, he went into the Kodesh Kodashim, And what did he see? What did he see? He saw the Kirubim. They were hugging each other. Uh, so the mefarshim, the Yitzvah says, "What are you talking about? For sure, on the day that the temple was destroyed, that was a time of in osim l'sodoshel So how was the Kirubim hugging each other? You just gave me a rule: when bnei are in contempt, the Kirubim are by So either you tell me on that day it was malfunctioning, or you know, the bad somebody took out the batteries of the Kirubim, but it wasn't working the right way, the Wi-Fi." That can't be the reason. So, why was the Kiruvim then hugging each other when they were not Osiris Rosh Hashemakov? That's an advanced question. I think confused. Or to confuse him. So, the Ridmah answers something like that. Hashem Asad Nes Right? He has all Mahalakhtar. But Rabbi says, unbelievable. He's a halt, halt, I'm going to explain to you something over here. There's a big misunderstanding in that Gemara. He says, you have to know that there were two sets of Kirubim in the Beit Megdash that Shilamu'amil had built. There was the Kirubim of Moshe. Those were the ones that were on top of the Arun. Those are Moshe's Kirubim. And Shilamu'am built another set of Kirubim made out of wood, and they were on the sides of the Arun. And that's a fact. What do you need two Kirubim for? So he says, my brother explained that in the times of Moshe in the midbar, what was the main vocation? What was the main uh pastime that the Jews spent in the midbar for 40 years doing? Learning Torah. What did they do? There was no uh, there was no work, there was nothing to do. All there was learning 40 years straight, going Learning Torah should have been the girls, learned from and the Biya, gonna Eden. So therefore. The pillar that was represented in the times of Moshe was what? Torah. Therefore, God came down to Klai Israel in the Midbar, in the Zakut of Torah. Therefore, the Kiruvim were on the Aron. When Shlomo built the first Bet ha-mikdash now he introduces a new level of service called Avodah. That's the second pillar. Now, Avodah is a major item, especially in the second B'ta and first Bet HaMikdash. Kohanim, debihim, so therefore, he put a second kirubim to represent. Now God is with us, not only because of Torah, but God is with us. The presentation we can represent the presence of God because of the Avodah. Beautiful. So you got two different focuses. You have Torah on the Aron, and you have the Kirubim. Oh
1: says, big dush.
0: The two different Kirubim behave differently. They don't behave the same way. They don't have the same operating function. Function differently. Meaning the Avodah Kirubim, they're sensitive. When Bnei Yisrael is Osim Nesono Shel Makom, they face each other. But when not, they turn away. Because the beta HaMikdash cannot tolerate in Osim Nitsonos Shel Makom. And therefore when Christ says in contempt, the beta HaMikdash says, it's we're out of here. And therefore he says, when the Goyim came into the Hechal, the Kirubim of Shelomoh were facing the house. They were not facing each other. Because they were not Osim Nitsonos Shel Makom. But he says, the Kirubim of Moshe, which represent Torah, Torah protects and stays with Klaa Yisrael no matter what, even if you're not Osiris or Noshil Makum. Torah never left Klaa Yisrael. Avodah left, Torah never left us. Since Matan Torah, the Torah says, I'm with you, as they say in marriage, for better or for worse. And look at the proof. beta HaMikdash came and went. we have it. And Osimr sonor, gone. Once we got the Torah HaSinai, we went to some of the darkest positions, situations of Israel where the nations were assimilating, committing Amerot, Gidu but what? Who's there? The Torah says, I will protect you and I will defend you, even and I will never leave you. Even in Osim Leson. So says the that when the Guyim came into the Hechav, for sure that day was in Osim but the Kiruvim of Moshe was still, was still facing each other. The Kiruvim of Shalomor, yeah, they, they were turned around. That represented the destruction of the temple. But the Kiruvim of Moshe, they remained strong. Kiruvim of Moshe never turned around. They were always in the same position, forever. Now some grammar. Now some grammar. Anybody know the difference between sheneh and shenayim? You don't. Let's go to body parts and you'll figure it out better. When I want to say two eyes, what do I say? Enayim. In Hebrew they say zug enayim, a pair of eyes. But I want to say ears. Oznay. Hebrew they say zug osnayim, It's a pair of ears. Shinayim, set of teeth. When I say a word and I add the ayim to it, that end suffix to the word, that represents it's a set, it's a pair, it goes together. When I just mentioned, let's say the word, sheneh, sheneh means two, but they're not connected. So when Moshe Rabbeinu was told to build the Mishkan, before it was a bazook say, "shnayim kiruvim." the kiruvim of Moshe, they were not just facing each other before it, they were hugging each other, it was the highest got it was the it was it was a pair, it was a zug. After it was still facing each other, but it was that are engaged, engaged from Engaged can't touch anymore. I said, No more hugging anymore. Anyway. I said, You went back to being friends, but it was facing each other. It never changed positions of panim el panim. The first kirubim is what? Which represents a pair because there was no sin before it was the so after So by the way, that's a big difference. Big difference. Don't come along as, ah, a big deal. Big deal, by the way. If you don't know answer, it's a big deal. That's the difference between marriage and engagement. And if you can understand the difference between marriage and engagement, you can understand between and But then the lesson he says is unbelievable. That means even when B'nai Israel are not doing it so no Shel Makom, what protects us? The Torah. So, by the way, that's for us now. That's the, Now we're talking to our generation because uh, excluding everybody that's in this class tonight, there are those on the Zoom members. There are those that are not Osim Ritsonosh Shel Makom. It's unfortunate. We're not Mekatreg. Not, uh, and therefore, in such a generation that we need protection. Meta we don't have. Avodah is very sensitive. You don't do this. see you later. We're going back. Torah is a little more tolerant. Torah says, listen, I'll stay by you. But now he explains how it works. It's amazing what he says. Now, for those of you that are studying that for you me, we're learning Hagiga. In a few days, you're gonna get to page 13. Page 13 in Haggiyah is one of the most esoteric pages in Shas. talks about the prophet Yahshuskel, and it talks about the revelation of Maaseh Merkabah. Far be it from us to try to explain al Merkabah, it's not the, uh, not the place, not the time. And even if it was, I don't know anything about it, so therefore I'm not going to fool you. But what I do know is that the Gemara says that when Yahshuskel saw this chariot, which is really the protective force in the heavens that protects Klai's that's the chariot of God, it has different images on it. One of the images he saw was a shore, an ox. When Yaskil saw the ox on the chariot, he got very upset. And he said to God, Katigor, Yaases, <laughs> The ox represents the the, 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 the golden calf. How could we have an image of the category of the prosecutor when the Ma'asim Merkaba is supposed to be the defender? Yaskil said, please God, not that image. The Satan will use that image against us. If that is going to be the image Paneh Hashor on the Ma'asim Merkaba, the Satan will come and say, Ma'asim Merkaba, the is going to protect them. Remember the agil. So Bore Olam acquiesced. And the pasuk says that instead of pene hashor, it became pene keruv. It was changed to the image of a child. Terup child. What do you see from here? Says that Raf. That to answer the claim of the shor, you know, it protects us from the Kitrug of the shor the children, the face of the child, how, and how I read. Look how he says here, this is something
1: beautiful. I'm quoting.
0: When Yahiskel saw the Jewish people that are going to be in exile, and he saw that the Heta Egel is going to prosecute against them, he saw Penashor, he said, get the Cathy away. But he saw that as long as there's children studying Torah and the yeshivas, Shekhina מצויה imahim. The shekhina is with them. He prayed that the category of the merkaba, which is the shor, the sanigor which is what? Shehishel And therefore what he says? Now you understand how important in this generation it is to support the yeshivas and to support the institution where they're studying Torah. They are the Kirubim that protect us. And that's why how the Torah protects us. Because if you go to the Aron, what was the Kirubim? Images of children. And they were over the Torah. That protects us even against the biggest sins. If the Tino you know, Kultur Rabban is able to protect us from Hitaeg, <laughs> he can protect us from anything. And therefore, in such a generation, the greatest insurance that we have is the yeshivas. When you have the children, boys, the girls, the sitting and studying Torah, you have to say, shemo. We live in a dangerous world, Robota. And the Rab is telling us there's categor[s] out there, there's prosecutors, and it's our job to turn the shore into a keruv. And Therefore, he says, "Hem ma ashev shechinat uzo yidbarak mit dabekeim emem shechinah attaches itself to these children." Behold, shehem. Hem him, him, and the kaimi ma olam, and the kadosh baruch hu. Glorifies his name with the children learning Torah. That's our Magin. She protects us in their merit. When we support the Yeshiva's learning, even those that are not Torah people. And therefore, the Rab says, that when Moshe Rabbeinu was building the original Mishkan, before it was Shnayim Kirubim. Shnayim means not only when they were facing each other; they were holding each other. They were married. They could all dance. After the it was Shnei Kirubim. Yeah, they were still facing each other, but there was a point of separation. Now it's only in seen but they were still facing each other. Never did the Kirubim of Moshe. Ever turn to the Penabbi. Because Torah always will be with Klai And the Torah will always protect. And which Torah will protect? You read the Aaron. The Aaron is like a language. Cherubs over the Aaron that has the Luchot, that has the Torah. As long as you have that system of, of, of Torah with the children studying Torah, to be protected. Even in a generation that's Enam al Makom, the Beit HaMikdash is not as tolerant. It cannot tolerate Avirot. In Vakon, the should away. And what is up happening? The temple goes down. Avodah is very, very strict. Torah, on the other hand, as long as you have children. And I say today. Today's the time to what? To make less Torah for the children. Today, people don't know what to do with the Sakana. The Sakana and the dangers only get greater and greater. And you don't have to live now in the dangerous areas to worry about Sakana. The Sakana is getting closer and closer. And therefore the rabbi is telling us, as long as we recommit ourselves to the kirubim, then already we guarantee that they will be a protective force for us. Even against the greatest Ketrug of the greatest sins, we must turn the Shor into a Kiruv. And that's what skill did in his prophecy. And the lesson for us, Rabotai, is we have a new mahalach in, the, uh, in these parashiyot. We have a new mahalach that introduces the great surprise. The greatest surprise in this week's parasha is the appointment of B'Tzaleel. Don't take it for granted. It wasn't supposed to happen in the original plan. And this news will be categorized as bad. So if Moshe would have done it. We wouldn't be sitting here today. We would have been in Israel, in the Beit Hamikdash, with Mashiach, and there'd be no death and no troubles. When we have troubles in our generation today. It's because of Heta Egel. Because what Betzalel does is great, but Betzalel's got to start with the outside first, because the inside got corrupted, and then we've got to build the structure on the outside. The Shiloh and there's superficial service, everything got messed up. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I fixed it, I fixed it, I got said salati Kilim shaani Shani say, I'm making the keleem, or you're not making the keleem. You don't fix anything yet. Moshe Rabbeinu says to me. Start with the outside. A structure that originally was symbolized by Isha al-Achota. Now was Ahat al-Ahat separation. A Mishkan that was symbolized by Eslim Kadesh was now symbolized by division, Eslim Kedashim, separation, divisiveness. And a Mishkan that was symbolized by Shnayim Kiruvim was now symbolized by Shnekim. It's a game changer. These Diyukimovir are not stab, They represent the greatest change between the Su'in and Ilusin. Yes, it's only Berastich. But it's not And that's the, the prayer that we have. In the meantime, the consolation that we have from this all is that after everything was said and done, even though the Cherubim moved a little further, moved a little closer, but they never turned away from each other. As long as the children are on top of the Aron, the Ketrug of Shor of Hata'egil, has no has no bearing and has no has no standing. It's our prayer that we can recommit to the study of the Torah not only for ourselves but for our children. Bring them back to the books, the boys and the girls, all of them. Then already, ready we'll have again the We'll have a protection, and then there'll come a time where Parashiyot Terumah will come back into play. Those parishes are not going to be theoretical. We're going to build the Mishkan, not of Mayakir Pekudeh. That's the Bidi Avat Mishkan. That the Shem will come back and will build the original intended Mishkan, which is the Bentham Ignatiya Shiddishi. She's the name